welcome to the Kristen Talk Show, and you're with J.K. Woodall Ministries. Pastor Caesar, are you out there this evening, sir? Yes, sir, I am, and blessed to be here. God, giving us another day of life, amen? Amen. He's a good God. That's right. He's always good to us, and we thank him for all that he's doing and all that he's about to do tonight, sir. Amen? Amen. Amen. Tonight, Pastor, is going to be another special night. I, I think the topics we have tonight are going to touch someone. What, what, what do you think, Pastor? Oh, I absolutely believe it. Just as we were discussing earlier, I mean, it already touched me in a very profound way. So that's that's what we're hoping everybody receives. Amen. Amen, sir. Amen. You know, Pastor, if we look at all the total, I guess we call it uh, YouTube views, we're at about 19,000 views, Pastor. Wow, <laughs> man. All the glory to God. Praise God. That's wonderful. Wonderful to hear. You know, God is really doing something through this ministry, using yourself, Pastor, and he's touching individuals that normally wouldn't hear from us. Amen. Amen. And that's that's the, the whole goal. We, we want to spread the gospel to as many people as possible because people need to know just how good our God is and just how big he is, especially in uncertain times like these. We definitely need to know that he is our defender and he's there for us and not against us. Amen. Yes, that's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. So, um, Pastor, why don't you go ahead and just give us our... Absolutely. Father God in heaven, we just humbly come before you, Father God, and we pray that we would empty ourselves, Father God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, Father. I pray that you touch everyone's heart that's listening, Father God. Pierce every hardened heart. Touch every tender heart, Father God. Everyone that is open to hear your word, Father God. And I pray that you become more important as we become less important, Father. And we are careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank amen. you, Pastor, for that opening prayer. Amen. Excited. And it is. Yes, I, I am so excited. I am so excited. You know, I, I tell you, Pastor, on our first topic here, where there's a lot of, I guess I want to call it like, I don't know, confusion, uh, not just within the Christianity uh, religion, but just in general. So our first topic, Pastor, is what to believe. You know, let me let me read something really quick for, for you and, and the listeners out there. Uh, th this didn't come in off our, our website or our <clears throat> blog, but there, there was... Uh, so Christian blogs that we follow. So I just want to read this quickly. I never go to church to participate in any sort of rituals. Even though I was baptized in a Catholic church, I firmly believe in God, but I feel like the ideas many people have of God aren't true. I really believe in a loving God 
one that forgives and understands, he knows your true character. He won't torture you in the worst possible way just because you didn't worship him the correct way. That church mindset just seems so controlling and hateful to me. Plus, in many cases, the church adds to the Bible and twists truth. So is that a bad thing? What are your thoughts? That's what somebody wrote. So you can see how people are confused and the question what to believe. Wow. What do you think, Pastor? What do you think? You know, I I agree that there's a, a, a lot of uh, there's a lot of churches out there that want to tickle the ears um, and and want to dilute the word of God and don't want to upset people, want to be politically correct and what have you. But also within that, people need to understand. People say, you know, he's a loving God and he understands and he accepts these things. And listen, God does not accept sin. He never will accept sin. God is not okay with those things. Yes, he's a loving God, but he's also a just God. And he does correct those that he loves. So when the church brings about correction to people, people begin to get upset. People want to be able to do whatever they want to do, Minister Jermaine. People want to, they actually want to be able to cuss up a storm. And then they think because they have a little Jesus fish on their bumper that that makes them holy and that's okay. Or they want to drink and get drunk left and right or use drugs or they want to participate in, uh, uh, you know, extramarital affairs, whatever, whatever the sin may be. And they want Christianity to be watered down. And they want to say, listen, it's okay, and God understands, and and he's loving, and he's kind, and he's not going to put anybody in hell because they're doing something wrong or because they don't worship him the right way. Well, what's the right way? God says, worship me in spirit and in truth. truth right. In spirit and in truth. Not in the flesh and in lies. That's not what my Bible says. It says in spirit and in truth. So if God, who is all loving, says, yes, I love you, but understand, this is not good for you. This will lead you into perversion. This will lead you to death. See, it's kind of like, uh, our children, right? If if I know that my little four-year-old grandson is, is kicking a ball outside and I see it go into the street, he kicks it into the street and I run over to stop him from trying to go into the street and he starts crying and he gets mad and, you know, grandpa didn't let me get my ball and what have you. Well, he doesn't understand, but I, as a grandfather or as a father with my children, I know what's right and what's wrong and what's going to hurt them. So I don't 
stop them from doing that because I'm a, a, a hateful grandfather or because I want to lord my authority over them or, or show them that I'm in power and in that kind of a position. I do it to protect him because I love him, because I care about him, because I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to get hit and die or, or run out there and, and some dog that's not on a leash, you know, these big dogs and, and go over and, and maul him to death. I don't want that. So my job is to protect him. Amen. How much more the father wants what's best for us. You know, if we are spiritual people, but we're imperfect and we want to protect our children, how much more a loving father who is perfect want to protect his children? Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it, it sure it sure does, Pastor. But, you know, a, a lot of people, let's go a little bit further, Pastor, because I know a, a lot of people that are on the fence, so to speak. Right. Some of their questions are because... I guess maybe I should say it this way: Do you can can you earn your way to heaven? Is there what do you what do you do, and how do you create those 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 things uh, or, or those acts that you need to, to to perform? Is there some performance that need to happen to get yourself into heaven? Is there some performance that needs to happen? Some rituals because the person here wrote wrote <laughs> wrote down rituals, so I assume in her church they probably had some strict guidelines they had to follow right it's some strict things they had to do at, at her at this per person's particular church but is that true do you have to go through all that no listen life eternal life is a free gift you can't earn it you can't purchase it you can't work your way into deserving it there's only one way, one way to the Father, right? And Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, the and life. no one comes to the Father but through me. Amen. So it's very easy. God wants everybody to be saved. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. So we don't have to go through all kinds of rituals and, and uh, you know, acts and this and that. Listen, the, the thief who was on the cross didn't do any of that. That's and people right. say, well, but, but God can do that for anybody. Yes, he can. He can. God is no respecter of persons. So if he did it for him, he can do it for us. The Bible says that all we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might, not, well, we'll see. Well, we'll see how many times he goes to Bible study or she goes to Bible study. Or, well, we'll see how faithful they are at church. Well, we'll see how many good works this person does. Listen, all those things are well and good and we should do them. But that's not what makes us or earns us a place in heaven. The only thing or the only person that can do that for us, who paid a price that we could not pay, 
paid a debt that he did not owe, that we owed, right. was Jesus Christ. Right. So if you call upon the name of the Lord, you confess your sins, you believe in the work of God on the cross, his resurrection, right? And you call upon his name and repent of your sin, ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. That's all it takes. That's it. You are born again. Now, then we want to, of course, enter a Bible-believing church. We want to study the word of God. We want to, you know, learn to pray, call upon God, right? We, we also, you know, uh, want to be baptized, right? So and, and the best way I could explain baptism, because there's a lot of people, you ask them, well, what is baptism? And they can't tell you. They, they say, well, I've done it. And it's like, well, you've gone through the quote unquote ritual, mm -hmm. right? But do you know what baptism is? And the best way I can explain it is that baptism is an outside showing of an inward change. It's an outward sign of an inward change. So you're showing that you're dying to Christ when they put you in the water, be saved in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, that you're dying with Christ, right? Having your sins washed away and you're rising to new life. You're baptized. And then baptism coming in the form also as some of the evidence as in speaking in tongues. A lot of people think, oh, that's just gibberish. But I'll, I'll tell you, I, I once thought like that, Minister Jermaine, if you can mm. believe that. Mm. Mm. I really did. I thought people were doing this, you know, falling out in the spirit and speaking in tongues. People are doing this for show. People are doing this for attention. People are doing this to show, try to show how holy they are. And yes, a lot of that does take place even now. Right. But here's the thing that God searches for. God searches for a true heart. So I remember going to an altar call and my spiritual father, he was he was there. He was my pastor. And I remember going up to to the altar and it was all kinds of people up at the altar call. And I saw as he would touch people, people would fall to the to the floor. People would just break down and cry. People just, it, it was incredible. And I remember very, very distinctly asking God. I said, look, Lord God, I think this is all fake and phony and for attention. But I'm open to it. If this is really of you, God. I want it. I want to receive it. I want it all. And if it's not, then listen, remove that from my mind, from my heart, from my spirit right here and right now, because I don't want to do anything against your will. That was my prayer. It was very real, very heartfelt, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it was almost like Thomas when he said, well, until I touch his you know, his hands and touch his side, then I'll believe. And Jesus appeared to him, 
And he said, here, touch my hand, touch my side. Do not persist in your unbelief. See, God knows that we may have some questions or some doubt, but he doesn't want us to persist in that. So either you study, study the word, right? You ask questions to the pastor, you know, you, you, you pray to God, ask him for enlightenment, for his Holy Spirit to guide you and to open up your eyes. Just much like I did that day. My pastor came and I don't like pastors, but, but me personally, that come and push you all the way down to the back rows until you fall. Mm. And sometimes you... you you fall because you tripped over a chair. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? So I wanted to be very real. I'm not, I'm not looking for the church experience, so to speak. I'm looking for the God experience. Amen. And when he, he barely touched the front of my forehead, barely. I mean, it, 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 the softest touch. And I absolutely felt busy. My head started to spin. I fell back and I was almost like out and was just feeling this, this, I was crying. I felt this, this just unspeakable joy and peace. Right. And I, I get up and I'm looking around for my wife, you know, to tell her, but this is, this is for real. Come get some of this. So that's <laughs> right. Right. And I'm looking at looking around the church, looking around there, like, where is she? Where is she? She was right next to me, and I didn't even know. Wow. She had come up as well, and she received as well. Because both of us were were kind of like, mm, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. We had been talking about it. But God moved. So it wasn't a ritual. It was something very real. And I felt it, and I experienced it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what you need to look for. Not in, like I tell people, listen, just because you say the sinner's prayer doesn't mean, they're not magical words where you all of a sudden become saved. You become saved if they're sincere words and there's a sincere repentance and there's a sincere call upon God to be the Lord of your life. That's when you are truly saved. Amen. Now, you, you, you know, you, you hit the nail right on the head, Pastor. Now, I, I'm going to just go back for a second. As you mentioned Thomas, right? So yes. <clears throat> in John 20, 29, it reads, Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Amen. So, what to believe? Now, we believe in Christ. We believe that he's our savior, but we can't see him. So what do you say to Christians out there that they waver because they can't see him, but they can't even feel him? Because it's a relationship, right, Pastor? Amen. Well, let me ask you this. Can you see the wind? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> you can't see the wind. But we know it's there because we can feel it, right? Okay, when it's all hazy and, and, and foggy and what have you, can you see the mountains? Can you see the moon? 
<laughs> no. The sun, the stars. <laughs> no, but that don't mean they're not there. Right? It's the same thing. Listen, I know. I know that I know without a doubt that God is there. And I've seen what he's done in my life. And I've seen what he's done in others' lives. I don't need to see him to know this. It's almost like someone asking, as a matter of fact, there's a, a great uh, line in a movie. The movie is called Contact. And it's a preacher. And he's talking with the scientist, Jodie Foster, who doesn't believe in a God and what have you. And she's all like, you know, well, I don't have any empirical data. I can't see him. I can't touch him. So prove to me. And he says to her, he says, do you love your father? Did you love him? Because he had passed away. And she says, yes, very much. And he says, prove it. And she's sitting there kind of stunned. Because how can you prove love? If you say, well, you know, I, I show love by the way I treat my spouse or my kids. Or, well, maybe you're just doing that because you're selfish and you want their love in return. See, you can question it. Right? Well, I buy them gifts. I, I buy them clothes. Well, again, maybe that's because you just want them to appreciate you and tell you how special and wonderful you are. So maybe all that is selfish. That doesn't prove anything. Right? You can't really prove that kind of love. You can just live it. And the person that's being loved can say, yeah, I feel loved by this person. I feel it. I sense it. I feel it. In every ounce of my being, I believe this person would die for me. Right? So it is the same. We need to know God created us. He gave us the very breath that we breathe. You know, in John 3.16, we've all seen it. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only, only begotten, begotten son. son. That whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All we got to do is believe. It's a free gift. Why not take it? I always tell people this, Mr. Jermaine. I say, listen, if I'm wrong, which I don't believe I, I, I am. I know I'm not. But let's say I was wrong and there is no God. Right? And you believed in him. What's the harm? What have you got to lose? You were a better father, a better husband, a better wife, a better boss, a better mentor, whatever it is. You lived your life better, more soundly. You didn't kill people. You, you, you visited the sick. You helped the poor, on and on and on, right? And you die and were nothing but worm food, right? Well, no harm, no foul, so to speak. But if I'm right... And there is a God. And you die. And you're not face to face with him. And there is no mother, no father, no husband, no wife, no daughter, no friend. There's nobody. 
but you and God. And you have to give an account for your life. And you didn't believe and didn't accept his son, Jesus Christ. What have you got to lose? Everything. Right. Now you've got everything to lose. Amen. It's, it's all on the line, Pastor, you know, and, and, and you're right. You got to believe in Jesus. God gave his Amen. only son to save us. That's right. You know, Pastor, as we look at this, there's some other things we need to uh, attribute to, and that's forgiveness. Because I know a lot of us, uh, you know, you know, those that believe, those that don't believe, but it's a lot of us that just carry baggage around, right? Yeah. So as we look at unforgiveness, how does that affect the relationship with God? Do we need to forgive to be forgiven? Absolutely. That's biblical. We need to forgive if we expect to be forgiven. How can God says, how can you say you love me, yet you hate your brother? Then you're a liar. You can't love God and hate somebody else because God is love. Right? So we have to forgive. And listen, it's not the easiest things to do. I understand that. Believe me, I understand it. And, and I feel for people that have been uh, abused or, or beaten or, or, you know, uh, sexually abused. Or I, I understand it. Believe me, I, I understand the difficulty, uh, the, the years of pain and anguish, the, the trauma it has brought. But not forgiving them, I'm not saying still be around them. I'm not saying still go have dinner and lunch with them or what have you, right? You can love them from a distance, love them from afar, but you still have to love and you still have to forgive if you want to be forgiven. And when you forgive, it's not only because God tells us that we need to do this, which is the most important reason. But when you forgive somebody that's hurt you or violated you, it helps you. It helps you to let go of the anger. It helps you to let go of the pain, to let go of living in the constant trauma, thinking about it and thinking about it. While they're just living their lives. Have you ever been upset at anybody? And it, it's maybe been months or maybe even years and you're upset. And that person doesn't even think about you anymore. Right. You don't even know what they're doing with their life. They're living their life. They're going to the movies. They're, they're you know, hanging out with friends. They're doing all the barbecues. And, and you're with all that anger and bitterness and anguish in your life. And, and they're not even feeling it. So who's it affecting? It's affecting you. You, the one that is unwilling, unable to forgive, it affects your life. And I know about me, I certainly don't want to be standing before God and saying, him saying, listen, I forgave you. And I was willing to forgive everything you've ever said or done that has been against my will as long as you repented. Right? 
And listen, I was willing, but you weren't willing to forgive this person because they said something mean or because they did something bad to you or because they stole something from you or whatever. You weren't willing to forgive, but yet you expected me and wanted me to forgive you. Right. Right? We have to forgive. We have to go make peace. You know, and I understand that may not always be possible to go and make peace with somebody. But listen, if you can, you reach out. If you can't, you forgive them in your heart for real. And you ask God, what does God say? He says, listen, pray for those who hurt you. That's right. That's what he says. Yeah. Right. Listen, that's not easy to do. But it's necessary. May not be easy, but it's necessary. Listen, living a real Christian life is not an easy thing to do. There's a lot that we have to do because Christ said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. So it's a daily work. It's a daily discipline. It's a daily race to get to the finish line. And we can't quit. We can't ever quit. Even if we're dragging across that finish line, we need to finish. <laughs> the idea is to finish strong. That's where we should be. And if we really have Christ in our lives and we have the Holy Spirit, we can finish strong. So we don't have to crawl. But... If we're being just all inundated with life's issues, as long as we keep pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward, we'll become victorious. And eventually the battle gets easier because you rely more on God. And as you rely more on God, now you can make your enemies or he'll make your enemies as your footstool. And now all you got to do is relax and watch him fight. <laughs> Amen. Amen, Pastor. Hallelujah. Praise yeah, God for his goodness. That's right. Amen. He, you know, Pastor, since, you know, the, for the audience's sake here, I know you, you have this excellent story about a saw and a snake. Can, can you tell that story to, to, the, uh, to the audience? And, and then, Pastor, why don't we talk about what's, got, what's at risk if we don't forgive? Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, there was a snake once that was slithering on the floor and, you know, out in the desert and he passed by a saw and he got actually scraped, cut by the saw. The snake was so angry that this saw had cut him that he wrapped himself tightly around this saw. And as the snake started to squeeze to kill this saw because of the pain it felt, it was cutting more of the snake. With each time that the snake felt the cut, the pain, it again squeezed harder and got more cuts. So it squeezed even harder. And as we can all imagine, the snake started to bleed out, started to get dizzy, 
but never relinquished, never relinquished the hold it had on that saw because it thought, I'm not going to let this saw get away with hurting me like this. So it was about vengeance. I wanted to kill this saw. Well, eventually, the snake died. Now, the problem was that that snake should have focused on where it needed to go and kept going. Even though it got cut and it got hurt, it should have just kept moving forward. And that's much like us, like people. People hurt us. They cut us deep. And yet, we want to take vengeance or we want them to feel the pain that we feel. So we go out and try to hurt them or try to speak bad about them or gossip or backbite them or stab them in the back or stab them in the front even, right? Because we want relief from the pain they caused us. But the danger in that is that eventually with us trying to do this, we can end up like the snake, end up spiritually dead because we weren't willing to just keep moving forward and focus on where God wants to take us. We keep looking, as they say, in the rearview mirror, right? We keep looking back instead of looking forward. Mm-hmm. And so we never get to our destination and we can die in that process. Maybe not a physical death, sometimes even in a physical death because yeah, of yeah. all the stress and right. the heartache and the trauma and all this stuff, you know, people right. commit suicide or people have heart attacks or they have That's brain right. aneurysm or, or, you know, because of all the unforgiveness and stuff that you, you, you know, I believe that, 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 you know, cancers and other diseases are, are tied into these things, you know, and if we can't let go, it could very well cost us our physical life, and definitely our spiritual life, because God calls on us to forgive. Amen. Yes, sir. You know, in Matthew six fifteen, it says, "But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." And, and you know, Pastor, Ouch. so I, I went. I know, right? So then I went yeah. and I said, "Okay, let me just let me just define or." What's the definition of trespasses? So I come right here. So it's all it's a noun. And it's a verb. But the noun says either oh it's an entry to a person's land or property without their permission. I understand that. Now, as a verb, commit an offense against a person. Trespasses. To commit an offense, a wrong, they offend you. They invade your space or your property, right? Because now things are they're on you know social media, right? So you got to know the 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 Facebook page or or or, or whatever uh, Instagram page. People pop put things up on there and say certain things, but they're evading, and people take it as if they're evading their personal space. How do you protect against that, Pastor? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's interesting because one is a, a violation of an actual law, trespassing. 
right? That's a physical violation. And when you hurt somebody on, uh, on you know, Instagram or on Facebook or whatever it is, right? When you do that, that's not an illegal act, right? But it's a spiritual violation. Mm-hmm. So how funny that the trespass applies to both, a legal and a spiritual, right, connection. And I think the way to do that is really, what did Jesus do? Remember when they were nailing him to the cross? What did he mm-hmm. say to his father? Oh, forgive him. said, mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's the way to let it go rather than wanting to stand your ground and fight like with Jesus when he was being arrested, right? And Pontius Pilate, he's before him. And listen, do you not know that I could call a legion of angels here and they would come <laughs> and rescue me from this? It's like, listen, I could do that. But that's not what I'm choosing to do. You don't take my life. I give it freely. Right? You can't let somebody take your joy, steal your joy, throw you off your game. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to make you think all these things and get angry and get upset and hold it against people in your heart so that he can kind of Try to control your life. Right? And if you don't know who you are, anybody else or Satan and his cohorts will try to tell you who you are or try to tell you who you should be. So you've got to be able to stand because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. You've got to be able to stand, right? And I'll tell you, if you put on the armor of God and people are like, well, how exactly do you put that on? I mean, you you don't have it there in front of you. You You don't have these physical things that you can. Listen, we're talking about spiritual matters. Just like Jesus, he was always talking about the spiritual things. Right? Nicodemus asking him, how can a man be born again? How can he enter his, his mother's womb again and, and come out? That You're talking kind of nonsense. It's like, oh, Nicodemus, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. Because Jesus was always thinking in the spiritual realm. And that's where we need to be thinking. So when we talk about the armor of God, we talk about the, the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness, right? The shield of faith, the belt of truth, the the shoes and the preparation of peace, the sword of the spirit, right? Which is the word of God. Listen, when you do that, you, you pray, Father God, I put on the helmet of salvation of Jesus Christ upon me, right? That you would guide my mind, that you would guide my thoughts, right? And then for the breastplate, Father God, that you would guide my heart, that nothing would penetrate my heart, 
that nothing would hit my body, no sickness, no disease, right? So you go through each, each, uh, uh, um, uh, each uh, piece of armor and speaking those things that are of the spirit, right? The belt of truth, you know, help me to, to gird myself tightly with truth that I will speak what is right and what is honorable and what is decent, right? Help me, Father God, as I put on my shoes in the preparation of peace that I would walk in peace with all of my brothers and sisters, right? Give me the, the shield of faith as I take this because a shield is not just to protect, but it's also to push back, mm -hmm. right? It's also to push back. Lord, allow me that the, that the flaming arrows of the enemy would not, would not penetrate and that I could block them and that it could push back the forces of darkness through your strength, my God, right? That I would be able to defend my loved one, defend your people. And then the sword of the spirit. Listen, let me take a hold of this sword, biblical truths, because that's how the enemy came at Jesus with scripture. What well, doesn't the Bible say this? What well, doesn't the Bible say this? And Jesus would have to counter, but he countered with spiritual truth. And that's how you win these battles. Amen. And that's why when you take that sword of the spirit, you need to know how to fight. You need to know when and how to wield that weapon, right? The object is not to try to win arguments. The object is to try to win souls and bring them to Christ Jesus, bring them to the Father. Amen. You, you know, Pastor, you bring up the, the whole armor of God. So the words that the word of God that we're, we put on is our covering. So so that brings us to our third topic here, Pastor, the covering. And I just wanted to reference a couple of things here. From we're going to look at Genesis really quick, Pastor. Genesis 2 yes. 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. But but you know, when we go down to Genesis 3 7, it says, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Because you referenced the covering, Pastor. So it wasn't that they didn't actually have physical clothes on. What they saw was they lost their covering. After they ate the forbidden fruit, they noticed that they lost the covering. What do you think about that, Pastor? Well, let me ask you a quick question. Was it? The fruit that was a problem? <laughs> no, they, they didn't die from the fruit. <laughs> right. And, and and they covered themselves with with fig leaves, right? That's right. And we we've read that story, we've taught it, we've understood it many, many times about you know covering, and that's how we try to do when we commit sin. We we realize our, our sin and we try to cover it and we try to justify it and what have you. But as you and I were talking 
earlier and the revelation that God gave you. Because I've read that story a thousand times. I'm sure many of our listeners have read that and heard it over and over, right? right? And and we know about the covering and we know about, you know, Satan being the most, you know, uh, cunning animal, you know, just really manipulative and a liar and all these things. And, you know, how she took the fruit and we say also, you know, well, where was the man and why wasn't he there? And he was her covering. Right. Where was that covering? Right. But it's the spiritual covering that they could not replace. Amen. They put the fig the fig leaves and stuff. Right? But like you were talking about, God revealed to you, listen, it's much more than the physical. They had lost the spiritual covering. They had sinned against God. And that covering is all important. The blood of Jesus that covers our sin now. See, so that the father, when he looks down, he doesn't look at what we truly deserve. But he looks down upon us and sees the blood of his son. The innocent blood of the lamb. The unblemished, spotless blood of the lamb. His son, Jesus Christ. He sees that poured upon us. And Jesus telling his father when the enemy, right? Because who's the accuser of the brethren? Satan. And when the enemy is sitting there and ah, look, he said this or she said this. He did that. She did that. And Jesus saying, father, I purchased them. This is one of mine. Yeah. This person belongs to us. And the father says, Forgiven. The debt is canceled out because of his son. That's why Jesus is so pivotal and so important that the Bible from the Old Testament, all the, the prophets, all prophecy pointing to the very one, the second Adam that would save us from final eternal damnation. Amen. Man, that's why Jesus is so special. That's I'm why. telling you. Yeah. He's he's so amazing. Amen. Now, you know, the first Adam, like you said, Pastor, they, they lost the covering. No yes. matter what they did, fig leaves, or even after that, when you get into, you know, Abraham... Through Moses and the Old Testament, they kept having having to do sacrifices, but it was right. just an outward thing. Right. They they couldn't get covered or forgiven until Jesus, like you said, the Lamb, the sacrificial Lamb of God, with the Calvary for us, and His blood covers all of our sins. Isn't that amazing? That's right. It is. It truly is amazing, and that's why when people say, "Ah, oh, well, you know," and and uh. What about the Jesus and why is he so special or why do we need to believe in him or why is he the only one that we can, you know, go to? Because this is because that's what he said. It's not because 
Pastor Caesar said or because Mr. Jermaine said or any other pastor or prophet is because that's what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. So when people say, oh, there's multiple ways. Oh, there's all kinds of ways that you get. Listen, that is an absolute lie. And that's what Satan loves to do. Did God really say that? Yeah, did he really say that? Did he, did he, did he really say that? No, this is why he did it. This was his real intent. Because he knows that you'll then know right from wrong. You'll be like God. That's what it is. See, always twisting things, right? If you eat from the, you'll, you'll know right from wrong. Yeah, he, telling them a half truth. He's not telling them what the consequences are going to be, but he's telling right. them a half truth. And a half truth is a full lie. It's a full lie. Right? It's manipulative. It's holding back what you know. Right? So I'm telling you, it, it's like something I studied you know, for for real estate, you know, it's like, hey, listen, you can't play games with this. There has to be full disclosure. That's right. You can't give them the half truth. You can't tell them, well, you know, I, I yeah, well, it's got a little bit of plumbing issues. And, you know, the roof has got all kinds of issues. <laughs> but you just tell them about the one and not the other so you can make the sale. Now, nah, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. And you can't do that in the spirit of you. Amen. Amen, Pastor. And I and I tell you what, Pastor. That's the hour. You are kidding. It goes wow. by so fast. Wow. wow. Man, God this is, is so good. He's so, so good. amazing. He's so amazing, Pastor. And and you know, the topics I think is really gonna help our our audience mature and grow in the Lord. Amen, Pastor. Amen. And that's what we want. We want them to grow in the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, we're, we're, we're not here. We know that, you know, there are people, I'm sure, that, you know, feel uh, offense or disagree and, and what have you. And all I can say to those is, listen, search the scriptures, pray to God, ask him for his Holy Spirit, ask him for his guidance. And you'll come to the full knowledge of truth because God loves you and cares about you. Amen. Amen. That is absolutely correct. Amen. Praise you got you got to seek and you're fine. Amen. Don't stop seeking the word of God. Pastor, any, any last or closing thoughts before we uh, conclude the show this evening? I just uh, sincerely pray that everyone, every one of our listeners, that they have received something, some gold nugget that they can apply in their lives. And hopefully we, we, we have removed, by speaking the word of God, some of those misconceptions about rituals and what we need to believe and who is the one that covers us and the way we need to act as Christians and forgiving one another. Amen, sir. That's it right there. That is our prayer. And Amen. that is why we do what we do. That's right. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer, Pastor. Yes, please. Heavenly Father, 
we thank you once again for blessing us with your word. We thank you for speaking to us tonight, and we thank you for all your children that heard your word this evening. Heavenly Father, continue to bless your children. Increase them with their knowledge of you. Draw them closer to you so they can feel the goodness of the Lord. And they know from your goodness that you did a strengthen and protect them. Continue to speak to your children, Heavenly Father. Bless them and guide them. And these and all things we ask for in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. I tell you what, Pastor, we had another good show. Amen. And I know we're blessing people. The numbers are just continuing to go up, and it's all the glory to God. That's right. That's right. To him and him alone. Amen. That's right. So we want to tell all of you, thank you for joining us on our talk show this evening. Remember that each Saturday between 7 and 8 p.m., tune into our podcast on Podbean, and we'll be live. Stay safe. Stay healthy and remember, you you have, have the power. Power. Amen. Amen. <laughs>